It's time. It's time. Passcode accepted. Downloading the Down South IT Podcast. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you back. Ready and raring to go. This is the season premiere of season nine. And we're going to get started. Let me remind you that if you are listening to this podcast on SoundCloud, this thing is on many other platforms. I have it on just about any other platform you can possibly think of. Pretty much all of them, actually. iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, I am just about everywhere. So if you just happen to be stuck on SoundCloud, but you use another service to listen to somebody else, you can listen to me there too. All you got to do is search for it. Down South IT Podcast, just go ahead and look for that. I guarantee you'll be able to find me no matter where you're at. And just a couple of updates while we're getting started. Since this is the season premiere, I do have a couple of Amazon cheapy things that I had bought over the break to test out and I will have reviews on those coming out shortly and for some reason those everybody tends to like so I'm gonna go ahead and get those reviews started so you can look forward to that while you're perusing the website downsouthitpodcast.com there's all kinds of crazy stuff on there other reviews video reviews unboxings all the different build guides that I have on there Plus the show prep for the episode today, which you're probably going to need. Or if you want to refer back to it later, it's all there. Show prep link is right underneath the embedded player. So you can go check out all the links and all the stuff I'm going to talk about today. But while you're perusing the website, don't forget to check out the merch store right down Redbubble. You can pick yourself up a t-shirt or skirt or stickers or all kinds of cool stuff with the different logos on there. I do have the season nine logo up there as well. And one other cool thing is you can get a 25% discount on all apparel up until August 19th. There's a 25% off coupon. Whenever you check out, use the coupon inspired I N S P E. I can't spell I N S P I R E D inspired. Use that code. When you check out, you get 25% off all apparel that includes hoodies, tees, skirts, tanks, and anything else that's apparel related that won't relate to, you know, some of the other stuff that I have on there, but anything apparel related, it will relate to, you will get 25% off up until August 19th. So go ahead and hit that up right now. Again, the link is at the top of the page, downsouthitpodcast.com. I'll be posting the code on Facebook as well. So if you follow the Facebook page, you can get it there also. Don't forget to follow the Facebook page. Uh, I could always use a good like and a follow on that page. Just search at Down South IT. You'll be able to find it right there. Now, since we hadn't gotten together in quite some time, it's been over a month now. And granted, there's been a lot of stuff that has gone on in the tech world. So I figure a good place to start would be to kind of catch up and see what's going on in the world of tech right now 
we'll just run through some of the top news stories that I found that I thought might be relevant and we'll kind of get my ideas on them. And then next week, whenever, well, not next week, but next show, I'll jump into the actual season. But just to get everybody caught up and on the same page, we'll go ahead and do this today. First up, the Webb Telescope, the James Webb Telescope. I am a space nerd. I'm sure probably I've said many a time before on this podcast. And the first images that they had coming from the Webb Telescope were nothing short of nuts. I don't think anybody has actually ever seen such clear pictures of some of these stars and galaxies. We haven't seen quite out this far with a orbital telescope yet. This thing is insane, especially when you put it side by side with some of the same pictures that the Hubble has taken. The clarity is so much better. It's so much better. It's crazy. uh, The space stuff like this just drives me nuts. I love it. But if you didn't know, the James Webb Telescope actually uses 18 hexagonal mirrors, and each one of those is independent, so it can actually focus the light into its aperture to be able to get those those pictures like they do. And that's the reason why they're so clear. They can actually focus each individual mirror and that helps out the clarity and the depth that this telescope can actually see. So the fact that they can actually do that and the images that are coming out so far and this thing's only been up for a little while is nothing short of awesome. And to be honest, it's kind of funny though that fact that one of the mirrors is actually broken already. (laughs) They actually had space debris. I think they had a a micrometeorite that hit one of the lower mirrors. So it actually already has a hole in it. It's already been up in space for, what, two, three months, maybe six. It's already got a hole in it. Yeah. (laughs) You can't track everything. (laughs) So that's kind of crazy. But, hey, to each his own. And even with that broken mirror, it's still coming out with some really, really cool images and I'm sure they're going to be doing that for years to come. So the more that they send down, the, the better it is. Because like I say, I'm, I'll, I love that kind of stuff. So it's kind of crazy. And I think the latest one that it, they put out was an infrared shot of Jupiter, which was really insane. Mainly because you wouldn't think that Jupiter would give off infrared light. But it does because it bounces off the infrared light from the sun. So You can actually see all the different strata from all the different rings and layers in there. And it is is just an insane picture. I I believe I have the link to the Flickr page from all the images in the show prep. So you can go look at all of them there. Again, the show prep is right underneath the embedded player. You can go check that out. All the links are going to be right there. And one of those is going to be to Flickr. And that's the official place where they post all of the James Webb uh, images. So you can go check all of that out. Next up is going to be Apple's September unveiling event. Supposedly, it's going to be on September 13th. We don't know exactly yet, but that would probably be the best guess that most people have come up with. Supposedly, they're going to be announcing the new iPhone 14. Now, there won't be a whole lot of changes with the actual just regular iPhone 14. There are going to be a couple of little hardware changes here and there, but the plus and the max are probably going to get pushed a lot more. Now those are going to get pushed more, but the 14 pro is the one that most people are waiting for. 
simply because there's a lot of changes coming to the hardware, the chipset, what's under the hood, and they're actually changing the camera setup. So that's going to be something to, to watch out for whenever Apple does this event. Like I say, it's going to be in a couple of weeks, uh, probably second week of September, usually. So we'll kind of adjust and go with that. I'm probably going to do a My Two Cents episode on it whenever that comes out. But for right now, this is kind of all speculation. They're also rumored to going to be introducing three new Apple Watches. They're going to do the Apple Watch 8, which is going to get updated sensors for body temp and supposedly better battery life, I'm assuming, through software. They're going to have a new version of the Apple Watch SE. So that's going to get a second gen. And they're also going to do a more rugged pro version that's supposed to be a lot more elegant, but it's going to be a lot more rugged. If anything that Apple does is going to be normal, it's going to be at a premium. They're also rumored to have a new version of the AirPod Pros. Those are supposedly going to be bringing a new audio codec to Bluetooth. So it's going to have the newest version of Bluetooth, which is going to be 5.2. And the new audio codec will let you stream music using Bluetooth in a lot higher quality than with not just music, but phone calls as well. So it's going to be a lot higher quality codec to be able to use over Bluetooth. And that's kind of the next thing that's going to be coming that 5.2 Bluetooth plus uh, the audio codec, I think it's called LCL. Either way, it's still going to be some good quality of life improvements over the last version of the AirPod Pros. There is a possibility that they may announce a few new Macs and the next gen iPads, but more than likely, at least from all the stuff that I've read, that's probably going to be coming in a different announcement in maybe another month or so. So they'll probably announce those and have those coming out for the Christmas season, which is kind of the norm for, for Apple when they do those. Next up is the Galaxy Z Flip 4. This is going to be Samsung's foldable phone. I will admit the foldable phones, while they are not exactly growing on me at all, they are getting better since the original Z Flip and the Microsoft version of their terrible folding phone. I mean, I get it. There's a lot of nostalgia around folding phones. I really do get it. I mean, the old StarTac phones, if you had a Nextel, the old G Motorola Razor, I get it. I understand, you know, there is a wave of nostalgia when you come and, you know, you have that flip phone. While they are nice to flip clothes really hard when you're aggravated and want to hang up on somebody, I'm still not convinced that having a foldable smartphone with the capabilities of an iPhone or a Samsung or a regular Android phone is necessarily needed this day and age. We've been with the candy bar form factor for so long and just the screen materials that it that you need to have in a foldable phone to make it work are not very great. I mean, the, the screens themselves are wonderful. They're, a lot of them are OLEDs. The, the colors are great. The, they're very vibrant, vibrant, very bright, but a lot of them still only have a plastic coating. You really can't put a glass coating on something like this. So the screens do tend to take a lot of damage not to mention the hinges. They get dirt, they get junk, they get all kinds of nasty stuff that gets caught in them and it makes them creak and you know grind and everything else. 
Now, granted, the hinges are getting better. I will give them that. They're finding out ways to clean them out and block a lot of the pocket lint and the dust and stuff like that that will get in them. They're getting better. I will give them that. But the screen technology, I really don't think is there yet. Like I say, just being the, the, the plastic coatings that they have on them now, it's not enough. It really isn't enough. Unless you baby your phone a lot, these things are going to get creases. They're going to get nicks, they're, you know, stuff like that. And they're very, very fragile things. So I, as far as that goes, until they can come up with something where the screen is an actual glass panel, then maybe they can get away with it. But for right now, I really don't think that that's the way to go. It is a nostalgia factor. It is a wow factor. I'll give them that. To be honest, they should have went more of the sliding route than the folding route. That way, at least you can have two separate panels, both glass. You can have everything set up to where it does slide. I mean, LG was making some some fair, pretty good strides in this whenever before they decided to get out of the cell phone game completely. But the fact of that route probably would have been an easier take. Now, granted, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it head, heart and ass and, you know, see what happens. I commend them for that as well. <laughs> but like I say, at this point, I kind of believe that they went the wrong route as far as the foldable phones. Now, granted, they may prove me wrong. They probably will, but it's going to be at a very high expense. And at least it's not my expense. So we shall see. But the new Flip 4 is coming out, and they are having some reviews on it that are fairly positive. But again, like I said, there's more nostalgia around these than actual function. So I'll have to wait and see. I'll, I'll reserve judgment for this at this point, but... I'm just going to kind of hang back and see what happens, at least with the foldable phones. Next up, Google and Apple are fighting over text messages. Not sure if you heard this in the news, but Google is kind of trying to publicly shame Apple into adopting RCS, which is rich communication services, which is what Android uses for te their new text messaging service now. They still have SMS as a backup but if you use RCS, it's kind of like iMessage, but it's more open source. Apple's version of it is iMessage, which everybody knows. And if you're in that ecosystem, you absolutely love it. Now, granted, there are some things with RCS that are not as good as iMessage. But for the most part, I would say it's actually a pretty good analog. It's not perfect by any stretch, but it, it is pretty good. And the whole reason that Google is doing this is basically so both phones and both ecosystems can have the same basic functionality as far as read receipts, being know that you have a message that you downloaded, seeing that somebody else is reading or texting back to you, you know, stuff like that. It's that's kind of what they're getting at. And I can kind of see it. I mean, if you're going from an Android to an iPhone or iPhone to an Android it's just like old school SMS because that's what it is. And so you really don't know what's going on on the other side. If somebody actually read your message or not, you really don't know. Now, as much as Google is pushing this idea and even floating it in the news and different things like that out in public, I can almost guarantee you that Apple will never do this. 
they will never do this unless they absolutely have to. And the main reason is their ecosystem is a closed one and they're prideful of that. They love the fact that nothing goes through their system that they have not built. Everything is closed. And to be honest, it's not only a security thing, but it's a pride thing. I mean, if you have Apple, you love that ecosystem. You're in that ecosystem. And kind of the same thing with Android. If you're an Android user, you're in that ecosystem. You like that ecosystem. So, you know, those two, I really and truly, no matter how much Google pushes, I really don't think it will ever happen. It really will not. I know Apple will not budge. They'll, They'll say... Lots of different things, mostly probably that it's a security issue, some kind of encryption issue, blah, 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 blah. It is what it is. But I can guarantee you, Apple will never budge from that. They want their system to be closed. They will remain to be closed. That's just how it always will be. Unless they actually are forced to do it, I can pretty much guarantee you they will never do it. Next up is Starlink loses a bid, and that is... Starlink actually lost a bid from the FCC to have a subsidy of $825 million to go to companies that will be able to deliver broadband internet service to remote and rural areas of the country. So because of the fact that none of the money for this grant or this subsidy has actually been paid out yet, there's still a few companies out there that are kind of, you know, fiddle farting around with it. Starlink was in the lead to get this huge contract, you know, as far as doing this. But the FCC decided to kind of pull the plug on them simply because the technology wasn't proven, which to be fair, it really isn't all that proven. It's not in every area yet. They still are launching Starlink satellites pretty much every couple of months. They'll put out, you know, another 25 or 30. So they're still doing and building out this network. Now, I can see the FCC's point on this. It is not completely and utterly proven, but there are a lot of cases where it works. It does what it needs to do. And, you know, as far as the reviews that I've read, I've actually looked into it to see if it was in my area and I can use it just to get away from, you know, my Internet provider. I'd be happier with that. (laughs) I'm, I'm perfectly fine with doing that. Now, the other downside that the FCC stated was, you know, kind of a strike against them was the fact that you had to buy your own equipment. And they did not like the fact that you, you had to buy upwards of $600 worth of equipment to be able to get the service. I mean, they were fine with the service part, but they just didn't like the fact that you had to buy your own antenna. So that's kind of a mixed bag and different thing like that. So we shall see with that. I'm, I'm hoping that at some point they may jump back in and be able to reapply or something like that. Because honestly, laying fiber out to a, rural, a very rural area, you know, farmland, stuff like that, DSL, fiber, anything like that is going to be very expensive, not just in time, but in materials to get stuff out there. So it's going to be kind of a a whirlwind deal whoever decide whoever does get this subsidy so i'm not sure how that's going to fly i'm gonna keep an eye on it i am kind of interested in it just to see who gets it and what their proposal is there are a few other companies still vying for it one other one got knocked out with starlink simply because it was a very small isp 
and they figured that if they just hand over the entire subsidy to do all of this, that basically it would drive that ISP insane and out of business because they wouldn't be able to handle it. So they're not just looking at the big dogs. They're looking at the little dogs too. So, you know, we'll see what happens with this. Hopefully at some point they'll be able to do something with it. And like I say, I, I know I'm out in a rural area and there is high speed broadband here, but it's not great. It drops frequently. And I've made my impressions known to my ISP about that. In fact, they probably know me by name now whenever I call because I call so often and, and yell at them. So the struggle is definitely real. <laughs> and, you know, if you're out there and you're still on dial up or very slow DSL, I can definitely feel your pain. I really and truly do. Next up, Intel has a new GPU. Um, this is just basically a teaser because I'm going to have a whole episode later on this season about this. So just to give you an idea, Intel, instead of doing just their XE graphics, you know, their built-in graphics with the CPUs, which, I mean, a lot of computers use, a lot of mobile devices use, instead of doing that, they're actually trying to do a full-fledged graphics card similar to AMD or NVIDIA. And there are some twists and turns to this story, like I said, there that are just kind of crazy. So I will dedicate an entire episode to this. So this is kind of a tease. I, I'm sorry to say that, but it is kind of a tease. And we'll go from there. I will let you know whenever that episode will drop. That will probably be second or third episode more than likely in the season because that one I really want to talk about. But I'm like I said, I'm just going to tease you for now. And last but not least, Google has released the Pixel 6a. This has been not only hyped beyond belief, but this thing has been pretty much leaked beyond belief too. I don't know who works at Google, you know, checking on all of the stuff that their, their press releases and all of that stuff or who gets to say what. But man, they R&D or whoever does the testing over there, that whole department leaks like a sieve. We knew just about everything about this phone pretty much two, two and a half months before it actually came out, which is sad. I mean, you, if this is going to be not, well, granted, it's not a flagship phone, but you should keep some stuff at least until launch, right? I mean, you shouldn't release the entire damn thing before it actually launches. That's just kind of sad. Now, granted, they, we knew pretty much all the hardware specs going in, but the reviews of it have not all been hunky-dory. There are a lot of things about this phone that I was actually looking at because I was tempted to actually upgrade my 4A to this one. And after reading some of the reviews and stuff like that and going through some of the videos, I kind of don't want to simply because there's not. it's not the tensor chip that's in it, which is Google's, you know, big flagship, uh, CPU and, uh, SOC. It's the same one that's in the six and six pro. It's not that it's not the lack of Ram. They actually have six gigs of Ram. There's plenty of storage on it. The cameras are decent. I mean, it's the same cameras that are on the four, a five G and a couple other, uh, couple of the other earlier pixels. So, I mean, really, you know, the hardware is tried and true. 
the thing that got me that annoyed me was the 60 hertz uh, screen. Not that I need a 90 hertz screen. I'm really not, I'm not that much of a you know a screen knob and a phone snob. But between the screen and the stuttering issues, that right there is what made me question it. And it's not CPU horsepower that's doing. It's not GPU horsepower that's that's the problem. I'm really not sure what the problem is, but there were several reviews that complained about stuttering. And that's probably one of my number one things that annoys me if I'm using a device, whether it be a tablet, an iPad, phone, it doesn't matter. Whatever it happens to be, if you're trying to scroll something and it stutters, that bugs the ever living crap out of me. And I know to some people it's not that big of a deal. To me, it's a deal breaker. As is, I can I can deal with a slow phone if something doesn't open fast enough, if something doesn't you know work like it's supposed to. Hell, my my Pixel the fingerprint scanner on it has not worked since I took it out the box, but I've had it for three years and I love it despite the fact that it doesn't work. So it's just the fact that screen stuttering is my deal breaker. I just cannot stand when that happens. Again, I'm fine if it does, takes an extra second to load something, to open something, to switch between screens. Even that is fine. If the animation is, is decent and I don't notice any like hiccuping or stuttering or anything like that, I'm fine. I don't care. It won't bother me. If I'm scrolling a web page or in the app drawer and, I, and they're stuttering there, that's it. I'm done. I cannot use that device anymore. It just it throws me that bad. And just from the two or three reviews that I read on that and they actually showed it on video, I was like, nope, I can't do it. I cannot pull the trigger, even if I had a good resale on, on my phone to get a good deal on that one. I would not pull the trigger just for that reason. Now, granted, the ones they had, they may have gotten a bad, a bad batch or something like that. Something might have happened in shipping. But the fact that that many reviewers had it and were talking about it actively, that was enough to, to turn me off of it. I just, could, I just can't do it. So there we are. We are now all caught up. Thank you for hanging out with me. And remember, if you want to go check out any of these stories, I do have all the links up on the show prep underneath the embedded player on the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. Click on that. It'll bring it up. It'll be right there in the top. If you happen to be on there and you're listening to some of the back episodes under the box with all the current episodes on it, there's a link to the show prep archive that has all the show prep from all the previous episodes. So you can find anything there for any episode that I did previous. I just keep the, the most current ones easy to access. But all the other episodes, everything from season eight all the way to season one, anything that you can think of is going to be there in the archive. Everything is all there for you. So you can grab any episode you want. And if there's a link or something, it should be there right there in the show prep. Again, don't forget about the inspired code for the merch shop. You can get 25% off any apparel. Go ahead and use that at checkout. The link is at the top of the page, downsouthitpodcast.com. Just look for the store link. It'll take you right there. And we'll go ahead and end it like I always do with a paraphrase from Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. 
Thank you all for being here with me on the season premiere of the Down South IT Podcast. We're going to rock and roll all season long, and I want you here for it the entire season. So save, follow, anything you got to do. Save the podcast so you can be notified on the next episode. Till then, y'all be good. I love you. I'll see you right back here on the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.